Crap with Beth and Matt. Cut to Crap is the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Welcome to Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt. And our guest today is Richard Eaton, who is the chef for our Patreon Now We're Cooking. Yay! Yay, Richard! Welcome. Welcome! We have so much to talk to you about. Good, good. So yeah. excited! So excited to talk with you today. We know we've been making, trying to make this happen for a while now. Well, last time uh, we were supposed to come, you decided to get COVID. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> um, so, Richard, Beth. what's going on? Summer. It's just summer. It's just summer. Summer in Maine, though. It's nice here. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's more like October right now. But yeah. Yeah. A little cooler than normal. <laughs> I'm. It's back like ninety degrees back home. So I mean, I'm cool with this. Yes. So, Richard, we you have a an amazing story, by the way, an amazing story. And actually, this is a question that I get a lot, and Matt does too, and about weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. So, Richard has had weight loss surgery. I'm going to let him talk about that, but um, I'm going to ask him first, like because this is a number one question we get: is Do you think it's a good decision, or how do you feel about weight loss surgery? So I, I would love Rich to talk about the pros, the cons. How did you come up with the decision to have weight loss surgery? Um, and just, you know, go from there. Oh, okay. Um, well, I, I had, I've always been overweight my whole life. So over the years, I have uh, lost weight and regular fad diets and things like that. Mm-hmm. And every time uh, when I stopped or some things went off the diet, I would gain weight and gain more back than mm-hmm. I had lost every single time. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it's if you count, I always thought of like, if I could count how much weight I've really lost in my lifetime, mm-hmm. how many people is that? <laughs> how right. many I've really lost? So when I turned 50, um, I st- I, before that, I would always pass it off that I, I felt fine. I was good. I was fine. Um, when I turned 50, I went to the doctor for my, for my checkup. I had just got a new doctor. Mm-hmm. And I went to get weight on the scale, and the scale wouldn't weigh me. It, w- it wouldn't go up high enough to weigh me on the scale. At highest, it was go with 500. Okay. And so they brought in, a, a, like, a cargo scale, and I was 535 at that point. And um, luckily, my new doctor, she happened to be on the board of obesity for Maine. Mm. And so we talked, and we went on, I went on a diet and was doing well with that. She prescribed medications for me, which I had never, never done before in the past. Uh, I can't remember what the name of it was now. I'm not on it anymore. Ozempic? Um, I, no, it wasn't. I can't remember what the name which Am I even was. naming a right medication? Maybe not. Yeah, so I, don't I, listen I, to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. So I went on that, and, and it was doing pretty well. I uh, started losing a little bit of weight. I lost 10 or 15 pounds. But right at the sa- that same time, um, I was watching Hunter. Mm-hmm. He, he was doing a push-up challenge on, oh, on right. Facebook every yep. night. And he would get on there every night. And it was like something to watch and bored at home, so I'd watch it. And... Uh, that he's had, he had a contest come out for 12 weeks of um, free personal training. And I entered the contest, but I like, didn't think I wanted to because I don't like videos. I don't like listening to myself. I don't look at myself. I don't like any of that kind of stuff. But I entered it. I actually took my video in the cemetery while I was walking my dog. Uh, at that point, I weighed 525 pounds. And about three or four weeks later, I found out that um, I didn't win the contest, but that they had picked four other people. So there was actually four of us total that were going to win the contest instead of just one. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, I ended up working out with Brandon. And when I went to see Brandon the first time, at that point, I'd already, had, I'd already um, planned. My doctor talked me into you know, 
think about weight loss. Mm -hmm. So I went to um, weight and wellness in Portland. Um, I had to go for group meetings every month. I had to go for doctor's appointments every month. I had a regular doctor's appointment, um, appointment with a social worker and appointment with a dietitian every single month for six months in order for my insurance to cover, cover the surgery. Okay. Um, they talked about what, what we would do, which kind of surgery we would do, which kind we wouldn't do, um, the difference between sleeve surgery and bypass. Um, my biggest thing was most of the, uh, most of the evidence shows that people that have sleeve surgery end up going back and have to have it redone mm-hmm. and have bypass because sleeve doesn't work the same way. Okay. And I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it all at right. once. So uh, when I first met with Brandon, I was only two weeks out from having surgery. So we met and um, we went through things. He was great, amazing. We did had a good time with that, walking and working out. And two weeks later, I went to have surgery on on July first. I had sur- uh, July June thirty first. I had surgery on July first. I came home, and on July third, I was back in the gym with Brandon. Wow. Um, not we didn't lift weights or anything right. like that. But we walked. We just walked a lot. Got we used to, to do it. like thirty to forty five minutes of working out, and then fifteen to minutes to a half hour of walking every day, twice a week when I was there. So for me, it was, uh, I've, al- I've always been good with food. So making food that was good for me wasn't a problem. It was being consistent with it. It was being around other people. It was being um, just not giving up and doing it. So I felt that this was a good choice for me because I, because I couldn't. I physically wouldn't be able to eat. And that was the good thing for me. I wouldn't be able to do it. I wouldn't be able to, to overeat. Um, but I also watched a lot of people that have had this surgery that have from the beginning, they haven't followed the rules, they haven't followed the directions, and they have, it's failed for them. Mm-hmm. So I was determined not to do that. I uh, kept working out with Brandon and losing weight. I was, at the beginning, I'd come in and Brandon say, how much did you lose this week? It was like 15, 20 pounds a week, and eating about 175 calories a day. Wow. At the time. All I was eating was drinking, I'm, I, could, I had a very bad tolerance to protein. I couldn't drink protein. I couldn't drink protein shakes. Um, so I was eating a lot of yogurt. That's really all I was doing for for the first three or four weeks. Was that from your doctor that you were doing that or the the prescribed uh, diet? It's, it starts out really low. I mean, you Mm -hmm. can only eat a tablespoon or two at a time. You can only eat soft foods and you work through the progression through these things. Mm -hmm. Some things you would think you could eat like, um, scrambled eggs are probably one of the hardest things to eat because scrambled eggs don't break down, um, completely Mm -hmm. where like egg whites do, but the yolk in the egg won't, won't break down. So you have to take longer to eat those kinds of things. But I just kept doing it. Um, before I knew it, I'd lost 100 pounds. And then I'd lost 200 pounds. And then uh, one night I was here at the gym, and I walked by. It was, it was night. We were working here at night. Hunter and I were doing something. And I walked by the front door, and I thought someone was coming in the door. And I looked over to see who it was, and it was me, my reflection in the door. But I didn't recognize myself Oh wow! in the, in the door at all. And that's when I really started to notice. Because at, at that point, I had, didn't take any pictures. I didn't do anything. And I started to notice uh, the difference of what was going on. And so I kept, I didn't work out as much as I had with Brandon, but I realized that, you know, this was, this was working. So I just kept going. Um, but I didn't want to, as I could eat more things, I didn't want to fail in thinking I couldn't have anything to eat. So I just, I kept trying to make new things, like make things that I could still eat, even if it was just a taste. I, mm-hmm. I, there was nothing out there that I haven't still eaten. As long as I physically can eat it, I just find a way to make it a little bit better, make it a little bit so I can eat it, and just and just try it. And now I'm at 304 pounds lost in wow. two years on June 31st. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's coming up like next week. Yeah. Wow. Congra- that's incredible. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. It's been good. Wow. 
I, a lot of what you said uh, was really just being consistent with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you had seen a lot of other people fail. So that's like a lesson that you just learned from other people's experiences, essentially, and what you were kind of observing. Right. And, and when you <clears throat> ask if the doctor told me what to eat, I mean, if you start out eating things that are um, that are more than you can handle in the beginning, you'll stretch your stomach. Mm-hmm. and you, So you'll be able to eat things. There are things even today that I, if I wanted to, I can eat. And I can eat a lot of them. Crackers and chips are one of them. Because mm-hmm. they, they break up so fine that they'll just kind of go through. Mm-hmm. Um, with with mine, different than a, a bypass versus a sleeve. A sleeve, you still have a stomach. And it's it still has the sphincter in it that pushes food out into your intestines. But with a bypass, you don't. You have a hole. So if I chew things that are small enough or if I drink while I'm eating, I can wash food through my system. And so that means I could eat more food because my stomach doesn't get full. So if I, that's why I don't drink while I eat, because if I drink, it'll wash it through. So I have to eat food so it fills my stomach and then drink before and after instead of during. Got it. Wow. Yeah. With the, the things you needed to do ahead of time, was there any focus on like your mindset or, or anything like that? There was. Um, you, they make you go through like um, triggers, like what, what kind of things triggered you to eat in the past, mm-hmm. what kind of things, how will you deal with all these things? But I think, honestly, nutrition wasn't the issue. Mm-hmm. Surgery wasn't the issue. Not eating food wasn't the issue. It was all mindset. It was all emotional. The emotional stuff that goes along with this losing weight and, and what I've gone through has been crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, far worse than anything else. Just yeah, the, I don't think a lot of people realize that or talk about that. I mean, the, when, when you go through the, the social worker thing, they'll tell you that if, if you do drugs at all, if you drink at all, you probably will become an alcoholic or, or to be a drug addict because you're going to substitute one addiction for another. Mm. Luckily, I didn't do those things anyway, so it wasn't that that wasn't hard for me. Um, but the emotional part of it's where it, it hit me and hit me really hard. And um, I ended up going on, I had to break down and, and tell my doctor I need medication mm-hmm. for, for anxiety and depression and things like that. It was That's where the worst of it was, was the emotional part of it. So were you eating your emotions essentially, using food as an outlet to help with your emotional um, uh, feelings that you had yeah. going on? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, I'm sure, and I, and I still do to some, some extent. Yeah, now we're emotional I, people. Now I, I'll, I'll eat things, and, and sometimes if I catch myself like I'm eating too much of this, I'll just throw it away. <laughs> just throw it away. Mm-hmm. If, I have a, if I have a bag of chips, even though they're good for me, or your better better things. Right. If I eat a portion and I find out that I I want more, I just throw it away. I try to keep like single serving type things in the house. That's just I mean portion control. Yeah. That's a good that's a good skill to yeah. practice and a good habit to have. You know, not just mindlessly grabbing for more food. So right. that, that's right. A, that's an important piece of that mindset. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, going back to what you said about the seeing your reflection in the in the door. What was that like for you? Because obviously you didn't recognize yourself. Yeah, like, I didn't. I didn't you, know who it was. Do you still kind of? see yourself as like this other person before your surgery or yeah I feel like I get that question a lot like I have some clients right now that um have had weight loss surgery and they have really huge body dysmorphia when it comes to like not recognizing who they are and always identifying with that of the person that they were is that something that you go through a lot just two weeks ago I went to my nephew's graduation we went to dinner afterwards at Moody's Diner and uh, my sister and brother-in-law were there and I walked in and immediately went to the fat side of the booth because I didn't think I could fit and the other side. So I immediately went to the, like the, the bigger side of the mm-hmm. booth to sit down and I didn't need to. And it's so I constantly, I don't feel my knees feel different. Um, I feel lighter walking, but I don't feel different. And unless I see a picture, I don't notice the difference. Even wow. sometimes that can take years for you to figure that out. Huh? 
Has that been the biggest challenge for you or what's been the biggest challenge post, you know, transformation uh, to, to maintain this new lifestyle, to learn new things about yourself? Um, learning how to deal with emotions. Mm -hmm. It's you, you become, I mean, I live alone, not married, don't have any kids, anything like that. So I, you, you become emotionally attached to people mm -hmm. and they have their own lives. And so when you're by yourself and you, and you have that sometimes unhealthy emotion, emotional attachment to people, then mm -hmm. it's really hard to figure out the balance of how to make that work. And just like someone who may be an alcoholic or something like that, they, you, they may go for alcohol in this situation. I'm going for the attention of someone else, of another mm. person. And so it's an addiction and right. it's, it's really hard to break, but it's an addiction that isn't seen. So I don't think people totally understand it. Mm -hmm. Right. And people, and Hunter and I had had this conversation at one point and I said, it's, it's, it's hard to explain if you've never been in the situation. Right. If you've never been overweight, you can't understand what it feels like to be overweight. Yeah. If you've never had an addiction to something, you can't understand what it feels like and, and how that works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, because addiction comes in many forms, as I learn every single day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know you've been going through that on your social media with, mm -hmm. with various um, people voicing their concerns about some of the messaging that, you know, has been out on the, on the videos. Yeah, and like with, you know, because, you know, I'm... For people that don't know or do know, I'm I'm a recovering alcoholic. So, you know, obviously I have a lot of emotion attached to that addiction because that's something that I know and that's something I'm familiar with. Um, so when, you know, people say I'm addicted to sugar or I'm a food addict, I'm like, well, those things you cannot be physically addicted to, right? It's more of a behavioral, emotional thing rather than a physical addiction. And, you know, food addiction is still really actually being looked into, you know, as it, if it is a real addiction, according to, I don't know, what is the the name they call it? It's the, not underneath the DSM, the DSM yeah. or whatever. But yeah. the more I listen to people talk about it, it's almost like, okay, well, I can see how someone can feel like that is such a real thing. But in all reality, you can't be physically addicted to something your body actually needs on a biological level. Right. To survive. I think it's all, I really think it's, it's really all based on emotion. Yeah. yeah. I think it's all, it's all emotional. So it's like emotional feeling. behavioral addiction, which is kind of like gambling. And that's the hardest thing for me is for years, I've always cooked, but I, for years I worked my, I have a degree in psychology and sociology. And so I worked in healthcare, mental health for years. And then I found myself becoming the person I used to take care of. Mm. Like, that's why I felt, I felt mm -hmm. like I was crazy. I felt like I was really crazy and that I, I, um, like I had to go upstairs to the doctor, hey, I need some medicine. I need some help mm -hmm. with this. And that was that was a hard thing to do. So yeah. You're like an empathetic person. So you probably, when you're around somebody, you you feel the same things that they're feeling. You pick up on their energies and, and you, you, that affects yeah. you heavily. Yeah. yeah. That's heavy stuff. It's, but I mean, with the emotional attachment to food, using that, mm -hmm. um, that's that's the addiction per se. Not not that that's the addiction, but it's... it's um, you know, that's the tr your foods, uh, certain stressors, activities, things like that. That's all what, what was driving you to the food, essentially. Because exactly. like you said, you knew what to do nutritionally. You knew how to eat and everything like that. But when when we have this strong attachment to it, because for one reason or another, it's, it's, it's not yeah. that physical bond for sure. But, I, I've but, lost 50 pounds, 75 pounds, 100 pounds before. I lost 125 is the most I lost at one point mm -hmm. in time. So the cooking, the eating wasn't a problem. Mm -hmm. right. it, was, it was every time I, something would happen and I'd fall off that. I would gain it and more mm -hmm. every time. And it was, you know, I weigh less right now than I did when I graduated high school. Wow. Five years ago. Wow. I went from an 8XL shirt to an extra large. I was wearing a 2X when I graduated high school. So okay. It's, you know, it's changed. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you feel like 
you're still um, learning new things every day in this new lifestyle of yours? Or just since you said you feel like the same person essentially um, in your in your physical body, right? Um, do you feel like you're learning anything new and how to cope with your emotions or you've got a good, really good control under that now? I have no control. No? It's really, it's, it's a, it's a learning thing every day. Mm-hmm. I, I am always in trouble for something because I, I'm, I don't say I have a bad temper, but I'm very short worded. Mm-hmm. I say things very quickly. I, I don't necessarily, if I think this is the way something should be done, sometimes I just, I don't know. I don't mean to be rude to people. Mm-hmm. I just think that I don't have time to, to listen to, to someone else complain or change what needs to be done. And that's why I feel sometimes. So I just, I kind of cut people off. Sometimes I'm learning that every day that, that that's a hard thing. And, um, and it's caused me a lot of grief. Gotcha. Yeah. Because people leaving your, like people coming in and out of your life because of that or, or um, just like those disconnected relationships not, or not really coming in and out, just, just constant issues. Um, it's caused issues with work. It's caused issues okay. with coworkers. It's caused issues with friends, um, and it's I think almost a defense mechanism. Like, mm-hmm. like everyone has a defense. Like, right. a, a bully is usually someone who's insecure in some way. Uh, someone who's very fat oftentimes will joke about themselves mm-hmm. because it's like their defense to fight off what's right. going on. Mm-hmm. So my def- my defense to being alone, overweight, kind of I mean even growing up, kind of felt like I really wasn't wanted around. Was always to be in control. Because if I was in control, then other people couldn't push me away. Okay. So that was like a, a hard, um, and trying to let go of that and, and letting other people be in control. Mm-hmm. Of, I mean, it's, it's hard to open your emotions up to other people. It's like to let, let other people have control of right. what you might feel or think. Or, well, I feel like you've had this really huge transformation and relatively fast, yeah. faster than most people. So it's almost like your body is not where your mind is. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you haven't that, had that time to like work on the mental part because your body is already there and your mind is like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I just lost 300 pounds in like a, two years or less than that. Um, so there's like a lot more mental work to do. Right. Yeah. The last time I went to the doctor, I'm getting ready to have uh, skin removal surgery mm-hmm. on the 31st of August. Okay. And when I went to the surgeon, she said that if she could, they can't remove all the skin, of course, but if she could remove all the skin, Mm -hmm. all the actually, she believes that I would actually have my actual perfect ideal weight. Wow. So right now I'm at 223. My ideal weight would be 185. Oh, so, wow. I mean, really, there's not, not a whole lot of difference there. Mm -hmm. Typically with weight loss surgery, you only lose uh, 60 to 80%. I've already lost more than that. So, I mean, it's, that's all, that's all good. Everything's going well. I have, but the, the best things about it that I've noticed the most is health-wise. Like I, I went from um, being pre-diabetic and on diabetic medication to no diabetic medication. That's amazing. And that was, that was quick. That was in yeah. two months. Um, I went from having sleep apnea to no sleep apnea. Wow. I went from having high blood pressure to no high blood pressure. The only downfall, I guess, is I went from having like, a, you know, your pulse of 70 to 80 to my pulse is now, now I have bradycardia. So my pulse, resting pulse rate is 38 to 48 now. So I have issues with that. So that's the only thing, only downfall that I've had is that my, my pulse is a little too low. Mm-hmm. Um, end of the day, it's not causing any health issues, but it does cause dizziness sometimes. So, I mean, worst case scenario, if they can't control it, they'll put a pacemaker in to raise my par- heart rate a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's all. Hmm. So, Wow. 
So all in all, positive outcomes in, in your overall health and not, and now that you're working on the mental health side of it too, I mean, that's, we always say on this podcast and in our, our content, like it's, it's physical as much as it is mental, mm-hmm. maybe even more mental. Uh, yeah. I think the, the mental part, the hard part about the mental part is the physical part doesn't affect other people. Right. It only affects mm. you. So you, no one, everyone can still be around to it and they don't have to involve themselves in it, but the mental part of it does affect other people. Right. So therefore, they tend to get more involved and, and have more issues with what's going on when it's the mental part of it kicks in because it does affect other people versus yeah. just me being overweight. That doesn't affect anyone else except for me. Yeah. If you had a chance, let's say, if you were where you before knowing what you know now and where you are now, would you still do what you still have the surgery? I would have done it a long time before. Okay. Yeah. Save, no save a lot of frustration yeah. and, and I mean, sure, uh, psych going back and forth with your weight like that probably wasn't good for you either. No. So, no, yeah. I mean, at the, at the end of it, I couldn't, um, I had wounds that wouldn't heal because I had edema on my legs. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wear, I couldn't buy shoes that had laces cause I couldn't get them on my feet for too wide. So it was, there was all kinds of issues. Yeah. I couldn't go to a store and buy clothes. Now it's like my favorite clothes, my favorite thing. Shoes. I have you know, 45 pairs of shoes just because I can. Right. <laughs> I could never wear them before. Uh-huh. And I could never buy clothes before in, in regular stores. Okay. So what was that something that you had thought about uh, for a while was getting the surgery? Or is it like, okay, now I think finally like this is what I need to do. Um, like in last, not last resort, but like I, I need to try this and do this for myself. And you hadn't been putting it off, but everything just kind of aligned. Um, I think that I'd always thought I'd like to do it, but I just didn't think it would ever be able to be possible to happen. I mean, it's expensive and, mm-hmm. and a lot of times insurances won't cover it. But my doctor, like I said, she was amazing as far as getting the insurance to cover everything and documenting everything that needed to be done and sending me for all the tests that needed to be done. And so she was, she was really instrumental in all this getting it done because I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have been able to qualify had it been just a regular doctor that she believed in it. And other doctors don't. So she okay. helped me push push through to get what needed nice. to be done. So then that sounds like some good advice that you could give to other people in that same situation. Find a good doctor. Fi- find a good doctor that, that's going to fight for you yep. um, and go that extra mile, do the documentation, and use their connections and network to, to help benefit Absolutely, you. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Because obviously, I mean the health benefits of you getting that surgery and you've reduced your blood pressure, you said, and all these other things, you're, you were no longer pre-diabetic. Um, I mean, from an insurance standpoint, that's a fucking no brainer. They're yeah. going to save money by getting you healthy, mm-hmm. you know, and right. I, I hate, I, I'm not going to rant about the health insurance, um, in America, but <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other <laughs> I think we topic. all would agree on that, mm-hmm. but yeah. But even, even the skin removal, cause insurance will not cover skin removal surgery, but the doctor kept documenting, you know, I have, you have yeast infections, you have this, you have that. And I, mm-hmm. I couldn't, a lot of work, I mean, Hunter even wrote a letter to the insurance company because working out, um, if I would do squats, the fat would move side to side. I couldn't balance. Mm. It was really hard to do a lot of things like that. So they accepted it based on the fact that it was affecting my life. Yeah. Having the skin so you had a lot of people in your corner really yeah, going nice. to bat for you. Yeah. So a good, strong Social support, support system. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Community goes a long way. Love yeah. It. You had a lot of good people in your corner. Yeah. Sounds like. Love that. Mm-hmm. Love that. So. So. Let's talk about cooking. What do you want to know? Ooh. <laughs> I, I love like how you make these dishes that, you know, are so-called. Uh, I like how you put it. You're uh, what was because, you know, sometimes people are like people to me. They're like, you know. I know you're all about there's no good or bad food, so why would you have something that, let's say, you know, what if I do want lasagna? But it's like you're 
you're like, well, you can still have lasagna, but what about like have being able to have more of it so you're full without a lot of the calories? So I uh, my theory is I love food. I love to cook. I love to cook for people. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so if you get what what are you willing to give up so that you can gain what you want? So are you willing to use um, artificial sweeteners so you can have cake and still keep your calories where they need to be? Are you willing to have I, like I use lasagna a lot of times I'll use um, Sometimes you use cabbage leaves. Sometimes you use different things. But just even using like oven-ready lasagna noodles, they're a third of the calories as regular lasagna noodles. Mm-hmm. So if I'm willing to do that and then add turkey in there instead of instead of beef, mm-hmm. and if I'm you know changing things up that way, you can t- using fat-free ricotta versus regular ricotta, using low ca- low-calorie mozzarella. You can say you'd know the difference, but I guarantee you, I could make it. You wouldn't know the difference. Right. You wouldn't know the difference in it. But there are people out there that are, that are like, oh, I, I don't like fat-free cheese. Well, have you tried it? Have you tried, what are you willing to give up? You can't have it all. Yeah. So what are you willing to give up to still, to still have, to still enjoy what you want to, what you want to have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I feel too. It's like, you know, yeah, we all love lasagna. We all love French fries. We all love that stuff. But when it comes to like reaching your goals, you have to, you have to make some, you know, swaps and that's okay. Well, you know, like the, you're not the, like swapping taste. It's still all the stuff you make is amazing. So Richard is the chef of, um, the now we're cooking, which is part of our Patreon. And also, um, I'm not sure you, we, he does like meal prep for our, um, hybrid fitness and also, um, cooking classes, um, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so how did you get into, I guess we should talk about how you got into yes. cooking and, and a chef and all that fun stuff. Well, um, I've always loved to cook. And so my aunt, when I, when I was, when I was born, my mom died when I was born. Mm-hmm. And so my aunt and uncle, my great aunt and uncle actually had three teenage daughters. So it was perfect for them to take me home and raise me because they had three teenage daughters to babysit while they were working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they my aunt was a chef at the Samoset. So she always cooked. And so... I just I learned the love of cooking from her, and we I learned about how cooking is like memories. Mm-hmm. Like every yeah. Friday night, we would have American yeah. chop suey, we would have bread, we would have it's different things like that. So what? And I love those comfort food meals. Like cooking Thanksgiving dinner is probably my favorite thing in the world to mm-hmm. do. Um, eating lobster on a, on a cookout at the camp in the summertime; those are amazing things. So I always loved to do that stuff. So when I always did it with with family. So a lot of things that I cook now are still things that I would make when I was a kid. Right. That I love. Um, I originally said I went to high school, I mean, college for psychology and sociology, but I also went to cooking school and I've worked in restaurants, uh, since I was, oh God, 14, I mm-hmm. think, when I started and all the way through. And even when I worked in mental health, I still would go in and, and I would do for, for my residents, I would do like international day where I go in and cook Chinese food and, and Italian food. So I, oh, I've always cooked and I love, I love it. I love, I love to, um, part of. Part of the, the the emotional part I talked about is is feeling like you're needed and wanted. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you are pleasing other people, that's like a huge like a huge rush of adrenaline for someone yeah. to feel like you're pleasing someone else. So cooking for people, what's a better way to get to someone than right? cooking for them? So when you cook for people and they enjoy what you're doing, it's like that's an emotional gratitude mm-hmm. for you. And so that's something I it, maybe it's not a great thing, but that's always something that's drawn me to cooking. Um, many times you cook like a huge dinner, I don't even want to eat it. I just want to cook it for someone else yeah. and do that stuff. So that's where I, I really get into it. And I've always, I've never had a problem like changing a recipe and making it into something that something different or being creative or what can we do? Like Beth and Beth gave me the recipe for protein cookie and look at the stuff we've made with mm-hmm. that. We've made uh, countless 
different cakes recipes and trifles yeah. and puddings and everything from the same exact recipe yeah so it's i've just it's something i've always done i've always loved and it kind of started out here um we started elevate with the energy drinks mm -hmm. after i after i had surgery and I used to make food at home for myself, but I'd bring it in, and Hunter would eat it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, uh. And he's like, well, you can cook. And I started cooking. He told me about this dish that his mom used to make. It was called sea pot pie. Mm -hmm. It's like a seven-layer meat and 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 uh, dumpling. Takes Sounds very hearty. Very right. hearty. takes many, many, many hours to cook. And so he told me about it, and I, and I got the recipe, and I made it for him and brought it in. And it kind of, like, just evolved. I started cooking we used to get together and watch and watch Star Wars on Friday nights and uh -huh. cook things and take them over for them. And that's how it kind of started. And then we'd like, well, let's, why can't we just make some money at this? Yeah. I also teach food safety um, for the service. That's safe. right. So I do, I do wow. that. So it kind of just evolved, evolved into something that, well, hey, let's just do this for people. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. I love yeah. that. What are some things when you're, when you're coming up with a new recipe or you have like a, uh, a comfort food from your childhood that you want to kind of relive, right? What are some things you're looking for like in terms of swaps or are you looking for, to make it higher protein, lower carb, or what do you generally, where do you start with that? Um, first thing I'll do is look at the protein in it and see what is the protein. Okay. And is there a way to make the protein less calories? If it's, if it's, um, if it's a fatty cut of something, we'll mm -hmm. take it out. If we can take skin off chicken, we'll do that. Okay. If we can air fry instead of deep fat fry, then we'll try that. Yeah. So there's so many ways to do that. Then I look at the carbs and say, okay, wh where are the carbs coming from? Are they veggie carbs? Are they fruit carbs? Are they pasta carbs that we can cut down, cut down a little bit? Are there are there alternatives out there we can try? We tried some. We tried some of those soy noodles. We tried all kinds of things. Right. Um, we made one of the best dishes we made was a was a ramen. Hunter loves ramen. I miss that night. Loves ramen. And we made a homemade ramen, but we just use the shirataki um, mm -hmm. cognac noodles in it instead. And you would never know the difference there. It was amazing. But it just, so I just look at, you know, can I, can I take out some sugar? Can I substitute a, a, a sugar alternative? Mm -hmm. Can I take maple syrup and use sugar-free? Can I take jam and use sugar-free? Can I take a cake mix and use sugar-free? Can I use almond flour versus regular flour? Can I get butter and lards out of things? That's where our biscuit and recipe came from. Was mm -hmm. you know, it's just Greek yogurt and flour. That's, yeah, that's all yeah. it is. And um, so, how we can up the, how can we up the protein and lower things down? How can we not sacrifice flavor and just give up a little bit to gain a lot? Yep. Yeah, give up a little bit to gain a lot. I love, I that. love that. And I love the emphasis on the <clears throat> tasting good too. Because yeah, if, it does, if the food good. doesn't fucking taste good, no you're not gonna want you're it. not going to waste your time right. with it, right? You're going to try it once. Oh my god, this is awful. This is I cannot stick to this lifestyle. So yeah. all the recipes you create then are I mean we always tell people like these are think of things like your pizza, your your pasta, your mac and cheese. Like mm -hmm. they still taste good. Um, and right. Can, and it makes it a lot, hell of a lot easier to hit your hit your goals, whatever they are. That's the thing. Yeah. And I have not had one bad dish that you've made ever. I think sometimes people try to go, um, when they try, think of dieting, they first of all think of restriction. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then they think of plain. So it's like they're going to have a plain piece of chicken. Chicken and, and broccoli. Plain broccoli. <laughs> and right. There's no flavor. Who hell wants it? Right. So it's like, what can you do to it? You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's so many spices out there. There's so many That's sauces. The there's so many things you can add that have hardly any calories in Mm-hmm. What are, um, what are some of your favorite? Uh, G. Hughes. I love G. Hughes. Their sugar -free yes, sauces, the sugar-free the sugar yep. marinades. Um, mm -hmm. I use them every week. Um, there's another one out there that I just recently tried. It's a woman's name, but I can't remember what the name of it is. Um, Dusty actually got me to try it, and that's really, really good. It's a little bit spicier, mm -hmm. the spicy side of things. Just regular dry spices are amazing yeah. for things. Um, that's what I say to people that... Um, I don't eat veggies. It's like season. Fucking yeah, salt, see, pepper. You know how many veggies there <laughs> are in this? In, there's 
a lot of veggies available. A lot People of spices. People just don't and, know. They yeah. don't, they're not willing to experiment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I hate cottage cheese. I do. Beth, I know loves it. I hate cottage cheese. I don't, I don't have a love for it until like you do things to it. I didn't realize yeah. it was so versatile. So I, I don't like it at all. And I, but I thought as a kid growing up, my aunt used to make um, cottage cheese with Cool Whip, mm-hmm. Jello, interesting, and fruit, and mix it together, mm-hmm. and it was that kind of it's like an ambrosia type thing, right? And, and I love that. So then I said, okay, we can do that. But if we take you know fat-free cottage cheese, if we use light Cool Whip, if we use um, fat-free Jello, and now I, now I don't even use Cool Whip anymore. Now I use Greek yogurt instead of cool whip in it. So I'm adding more protein. So I've evolved that recipe over the years to something different. Um, recently, I, as I was doing a recipe for, for Beth wanted snacks in the, in the recipes. So I'm like, oh, let's try this stuff out. So I was reading about um, flavored yogurts. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, if it was thinner, maybe you could put it on crackers. So I put it in the food processor and I added, spice, I added some garlic and some onion and some salt and pepper and dill to it. And we tasted it and I'm like, this is ranch dip. Mm-hmm. It tasted just like, it was creamy. It tasted just like ranch. You would never believe it was cottage yeah. cheese. And then I just recently did the same thing, but added everything but the bagel seasoning. Yeah. It's amazing. Everything but the bagel seasoning yeah. is fantastic. You can put that on so much. That I messaged shit. Beth from Walmart the other day. I'm like, hey, Beth, where do I find this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this stuff is good. You can put it on everything. Yeah. And something everything but the bagel. <laughs> everything but the bagel for whatever reason. No, yeah, put it on the bagel yes. too. But speaking of bagels, we've made bagels yeah. with our biscuit recipe. Yeah. Okay. With pretzels. Um, yeah, breadsticks. We made focaccia pizzas. Oh, I, I love that recipe on the on the portal. And yeah. when when I first came here a couple months ago and first met you, you handed us those those uh, Greek yogurt pops. Yep. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done? Uh, are you selling those down there? Yeah. Or we, we've done we sold them a few times, but we yeah. we made those. But I have I have a family that at least every week or so will call me and say, "I want thirty, please." Oh wow, and really? Her son loves them, so they'll take them. They were good. I mean, that they tasted like a like a just a fudge, like, not a fudge sickle, but like the, the same same, same texture, texture, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was recently snack wise. Uh, Dusty was downstairs. He was eating rice cakes with jam on it. He's like, it's kind of boring. I said, well, I wonder. I like with chocolate, would that be good? So I went that night. I went to the store. I bought some chocolate PB two. Mm, that's two good. Two tablespoons of that with a tablespoon of water. Put that on the rice cakes. Put this sugar free strawberry jam on top. One hundred and fifty calories for two rice cakes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and they were delicious. And yeah. it was like it was so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Experiment, you guys. I actually Experiment. just I just found a recipe for rice cakes. I'm going to try out too to make homemade rice cakes. Oh. And what I love about the the recipes that you create, you've done such a good job of documenting it and doing the step-by-step instructions, um, making it all very, like me, I don't like to cook. I'm a very lazy cook, but I could take these directions and follow them and mm-hmm. make the, these amazing meals that you are. I know I could. Yeah. It's not, a lot of ours have, have videos with them, which is yeah. kind of yeah. nice too. Yep. And we are going to soon here Tonight. make some things with Richard that you guys are going to see. If you are on the Patreon, you will see them in the portal. Which will actually be released next week. Next okay. week. Portal, yeah. Next Ooh. week. All right. Which is a, which will be coming out when you listen to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I think so. What are we making tonight? Are we doing the we're doing that dessert? We're right? doing a blueberry lemon sugar free diet sprite cake. Ooh. Oh my god! And I love it. We're doing a uh, nacho low calorie nachos and mm-hmm. a low calorie taco salad. Uh, that, so the taco salad was your suggestion, mm-hmm. and, the, and the, the nachos, nachos were, were your mine. suggestion. So, yeah. I like. I, I asked my clients like, I'm, when I'm there, we're gonna be working with Rich, professional chef. He's doing the Patreon for us or with us. What do you guys want to see? Nachos was one of the most common things, and sometimes the me- Mexican foods and things like yeah. that. So um, perfect. Yeah, pr- we, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. 
plus you know the the dessert. Um, I'm I'm especially looking forward to because it it's got the diet soda and we love. And yeah, people, we know pe- we know we love our diet soda. You guys stuff, know so. you love <laughs> your diet soda too with easiest. some aspartame. <laughs> this has got to be the easiest, most versatile cake recipe you can ever. Yeah. It's, it's like takes two seconds to make. Throw it in the oven. You cook it, and then you can do count. We're going to do one out of probably three thousand things you can do to this cake. Yeah, that's the thing. Versatile too. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit goes a long way, mm-hmm. and you can do a lot of things with it, right? Yes. So, yeah. Awesome. Yay. Yay. Well, Richard, thank you for sharing your story. Well, thank you. Absolutely. I Pl- know it's going to help a lot of people, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. We, we That is a question we get a lot. And something I always tell them is like, I, like the, when they ask me for my opinion on weight loss surgery and the different options out there, I'm like, first of all, like that's a highly personal decision that yeah. you need to be making with your doctor. Um, so let's please start there. But um, it's good to get somebody that's gone through it and has that perspective on mm-hmm. it, what you learned, what you liked, yeah. what you didn't like and things like that. So definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. We'll see you in the studio. For We're going to see Richard in the studio and uh, have an amazing have an amazing fucking day. Fucking day. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And that is a wrap for this episode of Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt. Did we help you cut through the bullshit? We want to know. Send us a DM on Instagram and share your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. And if you did find this one helpful, why not share this episode with a friend? I know I personally love it when a friend shares their favorite podcast with me along with a text saying, Oh my God, you have got to check out this podcast. You'll love it. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss it.